Hey, buddy, do you know the way to San Jose? I do. And I said a little prayer to get me there. (laughs) It's the legend Dion Warwick today on the Music Universe podcast. Oh, my gosh. We just got done with her and we had a brief time with her, but such a classy, classy legend. I I love her music. I love her voice. And the documentary Don't Make Me Over, which is on HBO Max right now, you can go stream it. It's a very moving portrait of her life and music. Yeah, I, I wasn't real familiar with her background till I watched that. And I'm like, wow, she's really transcended a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of cultural changes in this world, even starting some herself. You know, I, I love if, if those who have seen it, as Matt's going to talk about in, um, in the interview with her, just what she says to some of the big rappers i mean and and she kind of goes into more detail in in our interview and uh that that really warmed me you know that really gave me kind of goosebumps because um for her to tell them that and then them respond the way they did is very moving it really is i don't want to give too much away because it like i said it was a short quick conversation just about 15 minutes but we cover a new album that she has coming out uh to which the duet with Dolly Parton that we talk about is is a part, going to be a part of. She also has road dates. Uh, she's still she's she's in her eighties and she's still going incredibly strong. So here's our wonderful few minutes with the legend Dion Warwick. Legend, the icon Dion Warwick. Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm wonderful. I am moved because I just watched your HBO uh, documentary, Dionne Warwick, Don't Make Me Over. Talk about the process of making that documentary and how you were approached and and what that was like for you. The genesis of, of, the, of the show was my book, My Life as I See It. My business partner, Dave Woolley, who did a magnificent job. I cannot give him enough kudos for the job he did. Directing it, filming it, getting all the interviews. He just he just felt this is something he definitely not only wanted to do, but felt I deserved to have done. Um, the process basically belongs to him. And it, it was a it was really unique in that you narrated it. Normally, you know, they're inv- the star is involved in some way, but you really dig deep into telling your own story in your own words, which I thought was was really beautiful. Yeah, you know, so many people go around thinking they know. Oh, I thought. Oh, do you mean you didn't? Oh, yes, didn't you? And those kinds of thoughts go through people's minds. Everybody's entitled, of course, to their own opinion. But to get the real story and get the truth, I think is sometimes can be overwhelming. <laughs> and it's, oh, I thought, well, now you know. You don't have to think anymore. Oh, yeah. It was uh, one of the great things I loved about that was all the hits you've had with Burke Bacharach. I mean, I, and I Al read, David. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
39, right? I don't know how many it were. <laughs> there were. There were quite a few, that's for sure. I mean, you you have this had this wonderful relationship with him, and I know we recently lost Bert. Yeah. I mean, what what did he mean to you on a personal level? Oh, they both were very, very dear to me. They were became family after a few years of us being together. Um, you know, we started out as colleagues, and then it morphed into friendship, which morphed into basically family. Um, they meant an awful lot to me, both of them, Bert and Hal. You know, I was, I was singing some incredible melodies that Bert wrote and most incredible words that Hal David wrote. And I feel very privileged to have been put into that echelon. It's wonderful. And I know when you were starting and, and were playing in the South, one of the things that struck me was you talked about this moment where the 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 black folks were on one side of the audience and the white folks were on the other side of the audience and somebody told you don't turn your back on the whites yeah and that's exactly what you did and there were so many challenges playing in a horribly segregated south what kept you going in those times when you were facing such discrimination down south what kept you singing you know, uh, first of all, singing is something I, I will always be doing. There's, you know, I can't be deterred from that. That's that's a part of my being. Um, I found, and still do find, segregation um, stupid, <laughs> and that's a word I, I find to be the most hurtful word that anyone could ever use on another person or a thing. But I do, I find it absolutely stupid, I mean, to decide you're not going to relate to me as a human being um, because of the color of my skin. Give me a break. When you lay in the sun and try to get to me the color of my skin, yeah, it's just, see how stupid that is? <laughs> yeah, very, very stupid. And yeah. um, I mean, you you've had such a long career and you've you've come up kind of in in the gospel uh in church and stuff and you actually have a forthcoming gospel album with a duet yeah. with dolly parton peace like a river tell us about that tell us what inspired that uh she inspired it she sent the song to me to hear uh she wanted me to record it and I listened to it, and because I am in the throes of doing a CD of inspirational music and gospel, I felt, well, that falls right into what I'm doing. And I called her to let her know how much I loved the song. And um, I said, you know, I think we might, let's do this together. How about that? And she said she would love to. And so I flew to Nashville, recorded, did the video. And people are really enjoying it and, and understanding what what it is. And the words are so meaningful. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful ballad. I, I was listening to it before we got on here. And I, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a great album. Who else uh, are you able to talk about that's gonna be on the project? Oh wow. It's Donnie McClurkin, Kirk Franklin, um, BB and CC Winan. Uh Golly, 
I don't have the list in front of me. I'm still recruiting people. I know that you're even in between recording, you're still doing some dates on the road this year. How many oh, yeah. dates this year will you do? Oh my God. <laughs> you had to ask. It just made me tired again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be touring again. Um, in fact, I'm preparing to go to Brazil to do a tour. Yes. I'll be going back over to England to do a couple of tours. Um, and I'm touring the States as well. So I'm back on the road again. Me and Willie Nelson. <laughs> love it. I love it. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, now you uh, have an Oscar nomination with Diane Warren for the song Applause from the film. I don't. Tell it like a woman. Well, Damon My Elliott son does. does. Yes. Yes, your son does. Your son does. I wish what, is that like, me, but... what, what is that like that your son is, you know, getting nominated for an Oscar? I think it's absolutely incredible and well-deserved. He earned it and he should be, he should receive it. Should have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think so too. There was another moment in that film, if we can go back there, that, um, he, your son was actually talking about this in the film when you had a meeting with all of the rappers at mm-hmm. your house and 50 yeah. SUVs. He said, <laughs> it looked SUVs. like it was 50. It wasn't that many. <laughs> How, who all was there? We know Snoop was there, but who all joined? Uh, I think Snoop called you, you know, like Mama Dion or something, like you were the, the mother, the matriarch of, of these young artists. Yeah. Who all was there to to listen to you and to show you the reverence you were owed? I can't remember these names. And I thought these names were like something I chose not to remember. Uh, but <laughs> I was uh, Suge Knight, um, a young, young man named Corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, golly. Uh, who else was it? Um, I, like I said, I chose not to kind of remember these names because they were just so off the wall. But uh, there were about 10 of them Wow! with me. And um, we had a wonderful, wonderful three and a half, four hours together and discussing what my my issue was, was the misogynistic lyrics they were using and uh, they decided that well you know that I was in the way of everything and I said well if I'm a part of the problem make me a part of the solution and they looked at me as if I had said something off color they said you you want you you want us to tell you I said yes I do I said that's why you're sitting in my living room if I didn't care about you you wouldn't be here trust me but this is something I think we need to discuss and clear up. And from that point on, I mean, it was really what they needed to hear. Yeah. You know, nobody had ever taken the time to say, hey, guys, listen, you can say what you want to say, but there's a way to say it. Make it palatable, easy on the ear. You haven't seen a little girl walking around on four legs with a tail, have you? So why are you calling her out of her name? And I, like I told them, I said, all of you are going to grow up. You're going to get married one day. And that's when I got to grumble. <laughs> but you are, and you're going to have children. And one of those little children might be a little girl. That little girl may hear something that you recorded 
And she's going to ask you, Daddy, did you really say that? What are you going to say to her? Well, Snoop being one of the first ones to call me, to let me, to thank me. He said, you know, you told me I was going to grow up. You told me this was going to happen. My little girl did ask me. And I was at a, at a place where I didn't know what to say to her. I said, well, I hope you told the truth. He said, yeah, I had no choice. She demands that of me. So, you know, it, it, it went full circle. You know, and I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of oh, Corrupt as well. You know, he lives in Atlanta, has a family. He's doing exceptionally well, too. So, you know, I got through to them, and that was the issue. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, well, it's, it's so true. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and uh, Damon are executive producers of a Broadway play called Hits. Tell us about that. Oh, we hope it'll go to Broadway. Let's put it that way. It's on tour right now. And it's a uh, I am so enamored with the show. Um, so thrilled to be a part of it uh, in the capacity of of uh, ex- giving these children exposure to people, letting them know the talent that they're missing. Um, it's a show called Hits, and that's what it's based on, songs that were and still are hit, hit recordings. Songs that were around long before any of these babies were even born or thought of. You know, we have a 10-year-old to range from 10 to 22 years old, and they're handling these songs like they were in the studio recording them themselves. It's a brilliant show. It's something for everyone. Um, the parents can take their children and, and, and have a great time with them. It's, it's uh, the kind of show that I, I recommend everybody seeing. It's something for everybody. Beautiful. Speaking of those hits, one thing that struck me in your story is that so many of your hits, you were initially reluctant to record, uh, part <laughs> being one of them. What what caused that hesitancy to record these songs that would become monsters for you? And did you ever sort of <laughs> learn that, okay, if I'm having a weird feeling about this, maybe maybe I should record it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not it. I just didn't feel it. it sounded like something I wanted to record. Um, Barry Gibb, who was one of the writers on the song, um, kept at me, you are going to record the song. It's going to be a major hit for you. You must record it. I mean, and I kept sending it back to him. He kept sending it back to me. And I, <laughs> then, I had, then I had Clyde Davis join the group. Are you going to record the song? And I said, oh, God, okay, I'm going to record this one. Okay, I'll record it. And I must say, you know, I admit that I was completely wrong. They were absolutely right. And uh, so I just, as I did with San Jose, I cried all the way to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) As did they, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You've got one, we've got one minute left with you, and I want to end on on kind of a big question and a little bit of a heavy question. I'll, I want to try to set this up right. This is mentioned in the documentary a little bit. You know, you've had, um, especially when you went to Europe and they didn't know they were listening to to a black artist that that covered with the with the bright spot 
kind of obscuring your skin. You had white people worried that your music was too black and you had black people worried that uh, your music wasn't black enough. So my question is, and this goes back to, I think, you know, you calling segregation stupid. Who were you singing to when you were finding those songs that you were loving? Who did you want your audience to be as you were having Just your flat out people who loved good music? That basically that's the answer, you know, and that's the audience I have. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful, beautiful, oh, Dion. This was an honor to speak to a legend. I actually had the opportunity to meet you in D.C. when you oh. were there for the Equal Pay for Radio. Uh, oh stand up at the Capitol. So yeah. I've been to have you on this show ever since. Thank you very much. It's an honor to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. What did you take from that interview as far as the, the how in-depth she got with, with some of the answers? Segregation is stupid. And I think, I, I think that was important. And I think that was an underlying theme. It's not stated, but, mm -hmm. but as a white person who has often felt turned off by the hip hop genre. Um, I think that was an undertone of that meeting with those so-called gangster rappers, which is, hey, you know, not only are your daughters going to hear you talking like this, other people who were resistant to us before, because remember, she came up in the segregated South. We touched on that a little bit. All right. She was performing to audiences that were not mixed at all. There might have been black and white people there, but they didn't interact whatsoever. And if, you know, and if people who don't understand the hip hop culture hear this music as it becomes mainstream, that's going to be a problem. And I think, and that's why I asked that as the last question. And another artist who did that for some time in her solo career was Beyonce. You know, we all knew those early Beyonce songs, whether you were black or white. Same with Whitney Houston which we didn't get to, a chance to talk about with her, but there is, there was this sense of, it's not just race music. It's, it's music for everybody. And I think the importance of that to her has been, has been a cornerstone of her career. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, one thing we didn't talk about either is a while ago, she did some um, duets with a variety of people uh too and i know it was mixed genres and stuff mixed races and you know it, it's sad that even in 2023 we're talking about segregation we're talking about race and all of that and a lot of it is still in some ways going on right now that's that's a sad part but uh, I, I love that dion was able to like i mentioned earlier transcend all of that and really still out there like like she said she's she's the willie nelson <laughs> i mean she didn't say this but she and willie are on the road again you know willie's turning 90 like you said she's in her 80s she's still out there doing it and it's wonderful to see that yes absolutely she is just absolutely fantastic i hope to catch her in may when she comes close and you know, you're talking about a living legend who came up and had her hits during a very very important time in music and then even had a hit in the 2000s i mean she's had mm -hmm. incredible six seven decade career so on that note mm -hmm. we will thank dion and her team again for making this work for the music universe podcast i'm matt 
And um, buddy, thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to check us out at themusicuniverse.com and subscribe at tmupod.com and follow us on socials at The Music Uni. Take care. <laughs>